0: What is up everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the main event heat podcast. I am your host Rob Weathers. Let's try to I'm going to try something today. I want to make this if it's possible. I don't know if it is. I want to make this the shortest episode of main event heat ever. And the reason is because I not only do I have this week's episode that I have to record, I have to record two more episodes either tonight or in the next couple of nights. Because I mentioned this at the end of last week's podcast, I am going to be going on vacation. I will be in Florida next week for a few days, and then after that, I will be. Coming back home for a day or two, and then going up to Michigan for a week, and then right after I get back from Michigan, I've got the big IWM birthday bash with main event wrestling. So I have uh, I've got a lot on my plate. Really look forward to not having to work the shoot job or do any wrestling for a little bit because I got to tell you, I'm whew, man, I am burning it at both ends. I I'm really I'm really starting to get burnt out just on everything. I need a break, and uh, yeah, I finally have one coming up. Let's try to see if we can break that record. Let's go ahead and have the the shortest episode episode of main event heat ever. Who's with me? Let's go ahead and get started. This week we're going to do some questions and answers. I have got one new question that came in over the last couple of days and then I've got a few questions from friend of the show Steven that he sent in for the previous questions and answer episode, but I saved them for this one because I feel like there's some really good talking points here. But let's go ahead and get started with this question coming in from Jamie. Did you, Jamie's trying to start some shit with this one. Did you see that Talking Shop was canceled, and then a shitload of little shifty eye emojis after that? Uh, first off, little shit starter. First off, Talking Shop. I don't think it was canceled. I think it was just the boys decided to. Indefinitely put it on hiatus. If you guys did not see the post from the Machine Gun Carl Anderson, that is that is the verdict. Talking Shop and the Talking Shop vlog is going on a hiatus. They do not know if it will be back. They you know hinted that it possibly could be, but uh, a lot of people have been asking questions as far as why they put the show on hiatus, and it could be a couple of things. I know I've got my opinions, but I mean, if you guys ever listen to Talking Shop, uh, Carl Anderson was very open. On Every single episode that he didn't want to do it. So it's and it's it's I'm not surprising to me whatsoever that he is the one that made the announcement. But yeah, I don't know what's going on with them. Obviously, as you guys know, and as I'm sure this is why Jamie asked the question, I used to be a part of the talking shop after show. You know, this wouldn't have affected me either way. I don't know what the future of that after show is. You know, it Obviously, it's not going to be a talking shop after show anymore if it does continue. It wouldn't surprise me if those guys continued to do something else. They have a lot of similar interests. I'm sure they can find more shit to talk about. But uh, this wouldn't have affected me because I, I did say in, uh, in the episode where I talked about whenever I got fired, I was going to leave in November of last year anyway. The difference being... And I actually had this conversation with someone the other day. If I wouldn't have gotten fired from talking shop, I don't think I ever would have started main event heat. Like basically, I was asked. I was asked, you know, what made me want to start my own podcast, and I I couldn't really come up with a good answer. And I said, basically, it's a fuck you to Rocky Romero. That's pretty much. That's why I started my my own podcast because Rocky Romero can go fuck himself. That's it. But uh, I I joke. I kid. Except I, I, I really don't. Why am I lying? But anyway, yeah, I I would have I would have left. At the end of last year anyway, because I wanted to focus more on wrestling and that is what wound up happening. I've been very busy this year. I've done, I think, I think 13 official shows this year so far. I've already got a couple of more in the books. I talked uh, about it a little bit earlier. IWN's got the big birthday bash coming up in a few weeks at the Upson County Civic Center in Thomason, Georgia. Lariato just announced their August 6th show. I was worried there for a little bit because I remember Gallo's telling me months ago that, that we were running on August 6th. And I didn't see any announcements about it, but that announcement finally got made this morning. So August 6th in-game will be taking place in in Dublin, Georgia, so looking forward to being on call for that. But yeah, I, I saw that the show is is not canceled. Like Jamie said, it is it is on hiatus. And you know what? I've, I've got my theories as to why that is. I haven't, obviously, I have not talked to either one of the guys about this. This is not exactly the kind of thing that comes up in conversation whenever me and Gallows do talk. The few times that we do, you know, uh, don't really see them as often this year as I did last year. But yeah, uh, you know, I don't really know why. But whatever it is, all I can do is is hope the best of luck for those guys. You know, I, I do Carl Anderson's a good guy. Gallo's obviously very important to me and my career. You know, I hope that I hope that whatever it is, I hope everything's good in their camps and wish them nothing but the best. Let's move over to friend of the show, Steven. We got us a few questions from him. First one, what is your most memorable? WWE pay-per-view. So I guess that would be the one that I have the most, I guess, like emotional attachment to, which, uh, you know, up until recently, I would say just in general, all of the Survivor Series shows, I was always, I love elimination matches so fucking much. And that five-on-five elimination tag is one of my favorite stipulations ever, because whenever you do it right, the drama in those matches is wild. I think the last time they did it really, really well was what was it, I think, 2014, The one where it was uh, like Team Cena versus The Authority, the one when Sting debuted towards the end of the match, and uh, Dolph Ziggler wound up being the lone survivor. That was a really fucking good match, and the the drama was all over the place. I really enjoyed that one, but I think that was the last really good one. Lately, it's just been brand warfare, and... You know, I haven't watched the last couple because I just they really burnt me out a few years ago when they started doing this brand warfare shit. There's no real stakes anymore. Survivor Series just turned into bragging rights, and there's a reason that the bragging rights pay per view got canceled because it was stupid. So, but yeah, I'd say for the most part, just just all of the Survivor Series, I'm I'm super huge into those lately. It's I I I don't really like I said I don't really watch Survivor Series anymore. I have been leaning more towards Royal Rumble though. I don't think I've missed any of those. Those even the especially this year is not as good as they used to be but yeah anything that involves elimination i've got a huge soft spot for it after that we've got who was the biggest star hogan austin rock or cena that is a really good fucking question that i think mostly comes down to opinion because i think there's a case to make for all of them i'm going to say austin and the only reason I'm going to say Austin is because of the sheer numbers, right? Like whenever Austin was on top, whenever he won that first world title, the the audience for professional wrestling in general was at an all-time high. You had just millions upon millions of homes tuning in to not just Raw, but also Nitro at that time, you know, which Hogan, look, Hogan was huge. Hogan's a huge star, was a huge crossover success as well, going into movies and TV shows. Not, I would argue The Rock was significantly bigger because he was actually in some good movies and TV shows. But, you know, the the amount of people that were watching, when Hogan was on top, not quite the same thing as Austin. And, you know, Rock really inherited a lot of the stuff that Austin built, in my own opinion. Cena, Cena and Rock are really 1A and 1B, if you ask me. You know, both guys that spent a handful of years in the Fed and then wound up going on to Hollywood and just being in these huge fucking blockbuster movies. It's the thing with Hogan. Like, Hogan wasn't really... I think Rocky Three was a big deal, but even then, he played such a small part. He was in one scene in Rocky III. But, like, a lot of what Hogan's done is, has been a lot of, like, cheesy, made-for-TV movies, you know? Like, nothing really huge, I would say, with Hogan. But he did do it before them, you know? And it, and it definitely created a lot of crossover appeal, and it probably brought a lot of fans over to Nitro whenever he was there. But, yeah, Rock and Cena were, I, I think, bigger deals and. In Hollywood than I would say in wrestling, Austin, as far as just the wrestling goes, yeah, he has done a few movies himself. Like I said, the business was on fire in a way that it had never been before and probably will never be again when Austin was on top. So in my personal opinion of those four, Austin was the biggest star. This is a great question that I would love to hear an opinion not only from Stephen. He didn't I'm surprised he didn't give me his own opinion of this question whenever he sent it. But Stephen, if if you listen to this and I know you are, I want to hear your opinion on this question as well as well as everybody else listening to this episode right now. Who is your pro wrestling Mount Rushmore? That is a question that we all ask each other all the time. And Steven, I, I want you to, whenever you hear this, I want you to send me your Mount Rushmore because I feel like ours are going to look very different. This is my Mount Rushmore, and I have very specific things that I look for whenever I want to put somebody on my Mount Rushmore. It's not necessarily my favorite wrestlers. like That's not the the goal of putting together a Mount Rushmore for me, even though the people that are on mine are some of my all-time favorites, for sure. For me, it has to be people that manage to be big stars and great workers, and elevate everybody around them. That's a really big thing for me. Like You're not going to see Ultimate Warrior on the, on my Mount Rushmore because Warrior did jack shit for everybody else in that roster. Everything he did was for Warrior. I need selfless people on my Mount Rushmore. And here's what I'm going to do. i got one main event guy, I've got one mid-card guy, and I've got a tag team. That is my Mount Rushmore. My main event star, number one seed of the Mount Rushmore, is Ric Flair. Ric Flair, obviously one of the most recognizable names in professional wrestling, held world championships more than just about everybody else in the business, obviously was on top of the world for a very long time. But something that I feel like gets overlooked a lot whenever we talk about Ric Flair, he elevated Everybody that got in the ring with him, he is living proof that somebody doesn't have to win in order to get over. Watch so like watch his stuff with Ricky Steamboat. Yes, Ricky did go over a couple of times, but whenever Ricky would lose, the sympathy that would be built for him. And you can say that about so many people that Flair faced over the years. It was not about him getting himself over because Flair's moveset wasn't very big. He wasn't in that ring, you know, just constantly taking control and wearing down the other guy. It was a lot of the other guy kicking the shit out of Flair. Like, the other guy got a shine throughout 90% of the fucking match most of the time. And that's something I really appreciated about Flair. Even though he was on top, he, he had the, like I said, he had that championship. He had that NWA World Heavyweight Championship so many fucking times. The WCW Championship, the, the even the WWF Championship. Even though he carried those belts so many times, and and more often than not, he was the guy with the strap around his waist, he elevated every single person that got in the ring with him because he let them get their shit in, and he proved that you don't have to win a match to get over because everybody that went against him, in my opinion, one way or another got over, and none of them had to win. So he goes number one seed for me. Number two seed, now this is one of my all-time favorite wrestlers in the world, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, same thing as Flair. He elevated so many people around him. Watch any Razor Ramon match. Like I think the best example would be his stuff with 123Kid. 123Kid got his dick kicked in in those matches, but whenever Razor was done with him, 123Kid was one of the hottest babyfaces in the promotion. That's no bullshit. And he never had to be a world champion, Razor. He never had to. He had the Intercontinental strap a few times. I think he had the U.S. title once or twice whenever he went over WCW. Of course, the tag team titles. But he was never a world champion. As far as the main event picture goes, he's one of the biggest what-ifs in pro wrestling. But Scott put over every single person that got in the ring with him. He didn't always let them win. That's a big thing. You can win, but still put your opponent over. Scott was amazing at that. Even the people that have negative things to say about the Click, like Jim Cornette, who does not like most of the guys that are in that clique, he always puts over Scott. He has always said, well, at least that one guy, at least he could fucking work. And it's true, he could work. He was an amazing worker. But yeah, he, very selfless as a worker. You know, yes, he was looking out for himself as far as his paycheck goes. That's why he did wind up going to WCW, but you can't blame a guy for that. But yeah, he he definitely, just like Flair, elevated every person that got in the ring with him, I think. I mean, I know that it's it might be a little cringy to go back and watch now, but go back and look at the stuff with him in Goldust. He didn't want anything to do with that, but he still made Goldust look like a fucking star, if you ask me. And my last position in the Mount Rushmore, my tag team, I'm going to give it to Edge and Christian. Edge and Christian, you know, as far as those Attitude Era tag teams go, they were my absolute favorite. I think that they did such a great job. Same, just like I said for the other two guys, elevating everybody that they were in the ring with. I mean, you've got that WrestleMania 16 ladder match. You've got the WrestleMania 17 TLC match, both of those against the Dudley Boys and the Hardys. It, it doesn't get much better than that. Some of the the best wrestling I had ever seen as a kid and I've ever seen since. Like So many people try to recreate that same feeling that you got whenever you watch those TLC matches with them, but it's... It's not the same. Nobody's really been able to, to perfectly replicate those matches. Those guys were were so fucking good. And, and honestly, anybody, you could put Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy here if you want to. Hell, you could put the Dudley Boys here if you want. Dudley Boys had titles all over the fucking world. And I think either or, those would be great tag teams to consider, really either one of those three tag teams. But for me personally, I was more of an edging Christian guy. So, yeah, that's my Mount Rushmore. Ric Flair, Scott Hall, edge and christian love to hear what you guys have to say on that topic please send those over to main event heat at yahoo.com i think that we could do a whole episode talking about mount rushmore's one last question from steven what is the biggest lesson you learned since you've been in the pro wrestling business that is a great question and i gotta tell you i think i'm still trying to learn it i think uh I think I'm still, whatever that lesson is, I think I'm still in the middle of it. I, I don't exactly know how to word it. I can tell you that right now. I, I don't exactly know how to word it. Wrestling's such a weird business. You know, there's times, of course I love being here. I love being a part of the business. I, I love getting to to do something that I've always wanted to do. You know, I've always wanted to be a part of this. I love commentating so fucking much. But there's times when I don't like the business side of it whatsoever. And you know you, you hear similar things from a lot of people that have been in the wrestling business before. It is a very, let's say it's a very goofy business, for sure. It is, it is goofy, to say the least. But I, I'll tell you one thing, and this is something that I, I tell people all the time, and it's, just, it's almost like a little catchphrase that I created. And you can interpret this how you want, but this is a lesson that I think I've learned. Everything is a gimmick and everybody's brother. That's just that's just how it is. If I had to sum up the pro wrestling locker room to everybody, everything's a gimmick and everybody's brother. Simple as that. Is that a lesson? I don't know. <laughs> I've got no fucking idea. I'm like I said, whatever the lesson is, I think I'm still in the middle of learning it and I'll get back to you once it's once it's hit me, once I've had that epiphany. But right now, yeah, everything's a gimmick and everybody's brother. Well, I don't know if this is quite going to qualify as the shortest episode of Main Event Heat. I think the uh, the musical performance one that I did last year probably beats this one by a couple of minutes. But yeah, like I said, I've still got a couple of more episodes that I've got to record. We've we've uh, we've got a couple of couple of weeks to fill while I'm on vacation. Really looking forward to getting out there. While I'm on vacation, if you guys have any more questions that you would like to have answered for the next Q&A episode, hopefully we'll have one early next month, you can send those to main event heat at yahoo.com. Like I said earlier, whenever I get back from vacation, I've got the big IWM birthday bash show coming up in Thomas and Georgia at the Upson County Civic Center. Road Dog is going to be on call with me. I still cannot believe that is a real fucking sentence. Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner, is going to have an open challenge. Tommy Dreamer is going to be in the building. Teddy Long is going to be in the building. Buff the Stuff Bagwell is going to be there. And plus all of the IWN stars, our underground champion, Spiral, our IWN champions, Shoot Taylor, Bryce Cannon, Body Guy University, and so much more. Tickets are available. At Eventbrite, if you would like to attend that show in Thomas Georgia in person, it will be streaming, I believe, live on YouTube. I will update you guys if that changes, but for right now, the show will be streaming live on the IWN YouTube channel. If you guys would like to subscribe, go find Independent Wrestling Network on YouTube. We just live streamed our show from this weekend on Saturday night, that is up there right now. Plus, I believe at least one of our other past shows is on the channel right now. But yeah, go check those out if you're interested. Like I said, I should be back with Larry Otto at the beginning of August. Looking forward to that, as always. If you guys would like to follow me on social media, you can do so by finding at SweetSexyRob on Instagram and Twitter. And once again, thanks for hanging out.